0: Hey, Lily. I've got a story about this week's guest.
1: Randy, you always have a story of some kind. Is this one of the good ones or one of the um, other ones?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You might have to be the judge of that. Uh, But here goes. The very first time I spoke at Product Tank, Sean Russell was also on the bill. He gave one of the best talks I've seen. And at that point, he'd only been in the job for a year.
1: Just a year? So what did he have to talk about?
0: That's exactly the thing. He talked about what he'd learned in that time, what he wished he had known on day one. It was very personal, but also really useful. And anytime someone tells me that they don't know what to talk about at a product tank, I tell them to steal his topic and just make it their own.
1: Okay, but this was years ago. Surely he's not here today to talk about that?
0: No, he's moved on. He's now working as a coach in Berlin. But he's here today to talk about the advice he gives to people who are new to product themselves.
1: Well, that story didn't suck too much, Randy. Well done. Um, (laughs) Now let's have a chat with Sean and hopefully he can tell us something slightly more entertaining. The product experience is brought to you by Mind the Product.
0: Every week we talk to the best product people from around the globe about how we can improve our practice and build products that people love.
1: Visit mindtheproduct.com to catch up on past episodes and to discover an extensive library of great content and videos.
0: Browse for free or become a Mind the Product member to unlock premium articles, unseen videos, AMAs, roundtables, discounts to our conferences around the world, training opportunities, and more.
1: Mind the Product also offers free product tank meetups in more than 200 cities, and there's probably one near you.
0: Sean, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Before we jump into the topic of the day, do you mind just giving us a quick introduction?
2: Sure, yeah. Uh, So I'm Sean. Um, I'm a product coach working in Berlin. Um, I come from a background originally in product management. So I worked uh, first in London. You can probably tell from my accent that I'm not from Germany, but I'm English. And I worked in a couple of startups originally in marketing tech. Uh, through to fashion tech and then moved to berlin and then whilst in berlin kind of discovered my passion and love for coaching and felt that there was an interesting niche for someone with my skill set to basically work with product managers and help them really master what they're doing and really grow in confidence like find their voice as a product manager
0: so, I met you about a year into your product management career when you did your first product tank talk
2: early days. Um, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but so how did you land that first job? How did you move into it in the first place
2: so it's an, it's an interesting question. I think it depends how far you're willing to go back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll give you the like the medium length, quite long version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you can
2: humor me for a while so uh, <laughs> um, so I come from quite a big family, right. And I am the youngest of a big family, and I think I always grew up with this sense of like wanting to do adult things, make things, build things. So at the stage when um, the internet came into existence, I think most people were kind of either s- slightly scared of it or didn't really know what it was. As like a 10, 11-year-old, for me, this was just the craziest, most exciting thing, Um so what happened actually is that I was one of the teenagers that was spending a lot of their time online um, and really just finding any ways they could to, to make things. So I was making uh, games. I was participating in different like communities and things like that. And probably like the most, like arguably the first time I was a product manager was on a strange little project I did, uh, which was a, a music website, basically. So the idea is anyone could go online, they could... Upload their music and then they could sell it at their own price. And then we take a cut and they take a cut and people could preview the tracks in full. Basically, it was like an uncool version of Bandcamp, you can imagine. Um, and the thing that was really strange about this whole thing I mean, firstly, like the two of us that were making this, we were 15 years old. So, like, we were super young. We had no idea what we were doing. Uh, somehow, we were looking after an actual business. And the second thing was that actually we didn't meet for the first like year or two of running this thing. So we just met online. Wow. Um, He was and still is a very excellent engineer. Um, So I kind of uh, landed somehow in the product manager role where you have ideas, there are things you want to make, and there are people that are willing to to work on that. Um, Of course, at this stage, I had no idea that This could even be described as product management. I certainly didn't know any specific uh, references or anything. We were just kind of going going along. So that was kind of an early experience. And I was always involved in making different things. Um, This then spilled over into my first job. So coming out of university, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had this kind of creation impulse, but it feels very hard to know where to uh, like where you can get employed doing something when you feel like you're more of a generalist rather than an engineer or a designer or something like that. So I ended up working at a digital marketing company, uh, doing basically running ads on Google. So my job was to, uh, to write ads for things like uh, tents during camping season and stuff like that, <laughs> um, which was kind of satisfied some of my analytical uh, needs, but was maybe not so creative. But there were little kind of nooks and crannies in this job that allowed me to express that. So um, if you've used AdWords at all, um, these days you probably be familiar with uh, something called Google Scripts. I'm not even sure if it's actually called that. I, I, maybe it's called <laughs> Google Scripts or something anyway. Uh, where basically you can, you can write your own code that will automate decisions in your ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was working as a digital marketing analyst, this was like a super new experimental feature. They were like, oh, you can write these scripts. And everyone was like, we don't know what to do with the scripts. We don't know what to do with this. Um, and I kind of cobbled together some things I found by people that were trying to do stuff with it to basically make something that would look at the weather and look at where you were placing ads, and it would change the bids on adverts. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's raining in Norfolk, then Advertise umbrellas. If it's sunny outside, then Advertise Tents. Right.
1: Mm.
2: So this was kind of in my first job. And it was at that point when I then became aware of this thing that was product management. And having started to do this little bit of technological work, suddenly things started to open up to me a lot. So um, in the company I was working at there, I actually managed to kind of negotiate my way into being a product manager for the internal technologies there. But it was like part time in my job, it was kind of like, please continue doing the analyst work and we'll let you pretend to be a product manager (laughs) now and (laughs) again and then in the meantime I actually I started studying uh product management I was taught by uh, Kate Leto uh for a couple of months which was a very fortunate awesome experience to have
0: (laughs) yeah Um, she's great
2: yeah yeah and um all these kind of there's a confluence of these things happen right so I'd had Uh, Had been making lots of things. I had experience in digital marketing and I also was speaking to someone who could give me really good guidance. And it meant that I was able to kind of pursue a product manager job and land my first real product manager job for a company called Athena, who, you know, they're basically a digital marketing product. So I brought my expertise in digital marketing plus the fact that I had evidence that I was willing and was trying things, even if I hadn't had any huge product successes in the past and technically I hadn't been one yet uh plus just having the um the reference from Kate and all the conversations we had early on all those things really helped me and I kind of went in with a huge uh feeling of confidence into those interviews and and landed the role.
1: So without wanting to make this sound like a job interview what was it that kind of
2: (laughs) really
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: what was it that really attracted you into product like how did you know that that was the the thing that you wanted to do
2: I mean it it was just like the only thing that sounded like the thing that I wanted to do right so because I'd spent so much time kind of hacking things together and making things without ever really being an engineer as such and I always felt like why isn't there a job role in this world which is that but it like Everyone says to you, "Oh, you should be an entrepreneur. You should start businesses from scratch." But somehow that somehow doesn't match to my profile either. That's not quite who I am. Um, mm. So I think it was I, a friend of mine became a product manager, and we had a conversation at the pub, and we were talking about it, and we were like, "Yeah, that does seem like that seems like a Sean job to do. I should I should try that." As well.
0: <laughs> so, what was the difference between what was the difference between what you thought a product manager role was? and what you actually landed when uh, you got that first proper job?
2: Good question. I think I had this um, this idea that it was really about just getting everyone to agree. Like, you had to have this middle ground. Like, you're representing all the points of view, and you need some compromise in the middle, which has kind of a grain of truth in it, but I think is... Uh, it's a dangerous kind of mindset to fall into when you start <laughs> focusing on getting people to the same place instead of actually thinking you're trying to make the best product. Yeah, so I was kind of fixated on compromise at the beginning.
1: And how do you approach that now, presumably? Like, what what's your current take? Like, how would you describe product management to people now?
2: So when I explain it to, to people, I talk about three things. The first is that a product manager is a person that guides a product through its life cycle. Quite broad at this point, yeah. So <laughs> the second thing is that they're in an environment which is highly uncertain. So the answer isn't a given. It could be one of many things. There may even not be an answer. And the third is that somehow there is a necessity to uh, work cross-functionally. So to collaborate with people that aren't in the same role as, as they are.
1: And do you ever quote the infamous sort of not infamous the famous <laughs> Ven... oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: the venn diagram yeah the classic yeah. like that's my go-to for explaining yes, what that yeah. management is
2: yeah totally i mean this is a um a tool which i kind of end up referencing all the time um and i mean if you look at the kind of three criteria i laid out um the one which is about cross-functional collaboration is that's basically the venn diagram yeah yeah So I guess I feel like that is a really important distillation of what it's about. But if you don't have the part which is uncertainty, then essentially you're still just a project manager. Whereas the uncertainty is the thing that makes you a product manager.
1: Oh, interesting. I like that. Okay. That's my theory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, what about the kind of the product owner aspect because lots of people ask me all the time, what's the difference between a product manager and a product owner? So um what would be your explanation of the difference between those two?
2: So yeah, I mean I think there are always a lot of difficulties with these labels, but what I would see as the like classic product owner definition is someone that is really a lot more fixed and embedded in the team itself and they're more focused on the delivery process. And whilst they might be answering some questions in terms of what the team ends up building, it's kind of further down the product lifecycle. So they're not quite beginning to end. There are people earlier on who are more looking mm. after uh, setting the direction and perhaps discovery in, in kind of greater depth.
1: Yeah, I think like you said, there are complexities in this. And I think different businesses use different terms. And so it's, uh, it's always good to get the role description (laughs) alongside the title so that you know that you're all on the same
2: page. Super important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I'm curious, you've got people coming to you, I'm guessing all the time uh, in your role as a coach and in your role as a, as a co-organizer of product tank in Berlin, asking you, how do I break into product? How do I get into that first job? What kind of, where do you start with
2: them? What kind of advice do you give them? Hmm. So there are kind of two angles that I would, generally respond to people with. The first is to really understand what their current context is, um, because with most people, there is something about their current job or education background uh, or whatever it might be that gives them a jumping-off point. So for me, this was digital marketing. Right? I, I had domain knowledge in an area that made me effectively one of a few people who could do that product manager job <laughs> in the entry level market. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that context for me was really helpful to go and find a job. And I'd say the same to anyone. Like if I meet someone and they started off in finance and they changed their mind, they don't want to be in it. Uh, and maybe their instinct is to run away from that kind of industry, whatever it might be. Um, actually they have something that's very valuable that they can use as a stepping stone. So that's kind of the, the first conversation is, what's your context, um, and could we leverage this for you to move into product management? And then the second is really to kind of push them into this direction of making things, doing things. And I mean this in, like, the broadest possible term terms, right? So um, you don't have to make a fully working product that an audience of millions are all using and it's successful actually just to find the resources you have available to you, whether it is engineering or whether it's uh, a couple of friends that just want to make something um, or whether it's cobbling together Google Spreadsheets or using Zapier transformations or whatever it might be, just finding ways to make things and test them out Um, and to really get to the point of, you know, the essence of a product is a thing that provides value to at least one person.
0: I think that's interesting, the way that you contextualized it. because I think anybody can make something that can be a designer, that can be an engineer, that can be any, uh, a delivery person it can be anybody, but it's that conscious thing of testing it and yes. paying attention to it. That I yeah. think is the difference.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the, there is somehow a huge difference between those two, <laughs> those two mindsets. Yeah. It, it's always <laughs> a really interesting conversation because a lot of these people, um, I think it's very easy to get into the pattern of uh, like you're looking for your first product manager job. And part of the reason you want that is because you want more resources and power to do things and to apply your mind to. And the the trick, the thing that I'm looking for is for people to kind of um, apply that mindset when they know they don't necessarily have resources yet. But very, when I talk about the mindset is very much what you're describing. It's, it's this kind of thinking why process where you're really kind of considering your learning you're trying to understand the customer all those things Um, and of course these people don't have much prior experience so asking them to do that is kind of a terrifying thing but this is kind of the product manager attribute right we're looking for people who are whose instinct is to learn when they have a lot of uncertainty when they have um a kind of a lack of access to something they will try things they will explore things
1: do you think um you need to have a a kind of background in engineering or design in order to jump straight into a
2: product role? No, not really. (laughs) So (laughs) it's definitely an it depends question in as much as some companies will have certain requirements, but on the whole, you know, a product manager is a generalist and um, I think there shouldn't normally be any strict requirements for a certain background And to some degree, if you lean too much on prior design skills or prior engineering skills, this can even become a risk. I I think many of us have seen product managers who are um, so good at design already that they just get their hands deep and do that, or they're Mm -hmm. so good at engineering that they're doing the pull requests and things, and I feel like that's actually very unhealthy. Like, it's not... um, with some exceptions, again, it depends. For the most part, the product manager should be standing back a bit more. They're a person that is never never quite the expert. They have to be kind of the least knowledgeable in, in a sense, um, but tying all the people together. So these skills can become almost dangerous to have to a certain point.
1: I think it's really interesting because we kind of, you know, we see a lot of the people that we, we interview, actually, when we sort of ask them how they got into product they'll say, oh, well, I just kind of fell into product. (laughs) Mm. Um, Whereas because there's a much broader understanding of the role, um, and it's much more appealing to lots of people, there are people who are kind of seeking out product as a role, which wasn't necessarily the case sort of 10 years ago. Sure, Mm. Um, And, you know, people are kind of you know, previously would go into product from a technical role or a design role. And your point earlier about subject matter expertise, so your expertise in digital marketing helped you get the product role within um, that business is a really interesting point because as a product manager, we're expected to have a certain level of knowledge, but then also know when you don't know enough and you have to go and find out more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a, 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 an interesting observation of, um, all of the different routes that you can come in and that actually none of them give you all of the skills that you need. Yeah. And there's still so much more to learn.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So how do you, how do you learn all of that stuff that you don't know?
2: It's such a big question. How do you <laughs> learn all this, all the stuff or how do you start learning the stuff? I guess.
1: I mean, you know, to your point about building stuff and starting to create mm. stuff that kind of helps, helps to build your knowledge. But yeah, yeah. I guess there's a certain element of like you either dive straight in to the deep end in a role where, put, you know, potentially at a startup where you're kind of the, the first product manager um, and they don't have enough money. So they'll take on the risk of someone young and enthusiastic or even older and enthusiastic. Mm. Or, you know, go down the route of trying to get more of a kind of um, associate product manager role in a much bigger organization, I guess. Do you know your product's usage interval?
0: Do you know which percentage of your active users are new, current or resurrected?
1: If not, it's time to find out.
0: For years, product teams have used Amplitude's Mastering Retention Playbook to understand their user base.
1: And now Amplitude has updated the playbook for 2020 and released it for free on their website. Visit amplitude.com forward slash MTP to get your copy today.
0: So if I'm at that stage and I'm looking to get my first role, am I better off trying to go into a startup or a more
2: established company? I think it can work either way, but there are strong arguments for each extreme, right? So I started in a small startup and then gradually moved to bigger and bigger companies, and that had huge benefits in exposure to the role. So I was very early on given a lot of responsibility, like being the fifth employee in a startup gives you really big opportunity in a way that being a product manager in an organization of hundreds or thousands of people just won't at that stage. Um, So there were huge benefits to that, but it was also with the caveat that um, they made a lot of effort to make sure that I still had support from the community, basically. Uh, So firstly, I was very much involved in Product Tank at that kind of, uh, well, involved in the sense of like, I was going every month, I was seeing the talks, uh, and speaking to people. Um, And also, um, at my first company, I was lucky to have Jana Bastow, who those listening might know, (laughs) as one of the co-founders of Mind the Product. And basically, one of the conditions for me taking my first job was that they would hook me up with a mentor. So that's how I ended up. Speaking of Jana, in the same way with Kate before, I had someone who gave me a reference point. She was able to really support me through this kind of crazy Wild West startup place. Um, And I think I've seen other people join small startup companies without that kind of support and kind of burn out or fail quite quickly. So maybe it's kind of you want a balance of the two. On the other end of the scale, you could join a big mature company But you need probably want some kind of reason to believe that you're going to be given opportunities or chances within that.
1: Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And I think there's, you know, in a smaller company, you know, you have to take on so much more. So there's that opportunity to learn really quickly. But then in a bigger company, you get so much more support and opportunity to learn from from other people. Yeah. Okay, so. How do you convince someone to hire you as a PM if you don't have any prior experience?
2: So in my case, I was leveraging the experience I had as a fake PM, as a not PM, (laughs) in the things that I'd made and talking about what I'd been through doing those things. So what was it that made me come up with the idea of this weather bidding script for Google AdWords? How did I cobble it together? What was the process of testing out and trying it? Um, And like referencing other experiences I'd had building things. Um, I think it really helps if you emphasize not necessarily all the brilliant things you made that succeeded, but all the things you tried and and what you learned. Like certainly if if I were interviewing someone for an entry level product manager role, I really don't expect them to have all the answers. And actually, I get very worried when you speak to someone who doesn't have much experience and they seem to know all the answers. I'm looking for someone that demonstrates they they learn. I, so I think if you've got yourself into a position where you are learning, you're exposing yourself somehow to, to the notion of product, then in the interview to convey, like, what are your experiences? Why was it hard? What did you learn?
0: You're talking a lot about uh, critical thinking skills, um, experimentation, context, things like that. Yes, yeah. In theory, those might be the things that you would, uh, acquire as part of an advanced degree or an MBA and things <clears> like that. So, and increasingly, people are going to school and coming out of it, uh, out of a graduate program, thinking that that's the root in. So, let's just lean into this one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does getting an MBA is that a, a prerequisite, or is that something that's going to make me better as a as a product manager?
2: Um, not a prerequisite. It certainly could make you better. Could make you worse? (laughs) It depends. (laughs) Um, But I think think so I've um, observed a little bit kind of in in my peers and also through some interaction with MBA schools since becoming a product coach, um, different people in this environment. And I think some people uh, through the process of the MBA pick up such a broad range of tools, which in a way maps so well onto product management that actually it can be a really perfect setup. But I think it's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe this notion of like the product individual quite strongly. So for every product manager, my question is not just about their organization, but for them, like, what's the type of product manager you can be? How would you be strongest? How do you like to learn? And the MBA thing is an extension of that. So I don't think, you, I don't think taking an MBA because you feel like it will get you the product job is necessarily the right thing unless the MBA really aligns to the type of person you are and what you want to learn.
0: How could it make you worse?
2: I think there is a bit of a risk in people that become very strong theorizers. And depending on the MBA program, in some cases, there may be a bit of a bias towards learning the theories and the structures. But like you learn a lot before you're put in the actual cutthroat environment. Um, And sometimes you end up with people in product manager roles who their theory seems very strong. Like they talk their way into the interview. They pitch themselves so well. And in theory, they should be really good at the job, but they haven't learned the kind of street skills of being a PM. (laughs) You know? So it's almost a case of like the knowledge is relevant, but if you know too much of it without also working on yeah your street skills or your soft skills or whatever you want to call them, um, <laughs> then you could end up actually with bad behavior patterns and finding it quite hard to move to a position of kind of humility of being the inexperienced mm. PM, yeah. which you need. To become a good PM, you have to be a bad one first.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Ooh, that's really interesting. So let's talk about, go into that a little bit. So you're in that first job. How do you know if you're... Doing a decent job before someone sits you down to to have a potentially very hard
2: conversation. I mean, do you ever know if you're a good pro manager? I <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't you know. I didn't ask that. How do you know if you're doing a good job? <laughs> so,
2: um, I mean, I think that it's it's very hard to know when you're in that first experience and you don't know the context of where you are. So, I think we've all had things where when we've moved on to our second or third companies, we've had a realization of like oh, huh, that thing that I was experiencing wasn't normal. You know, <laughs> every company yeah, yeah. has its own quirks. And, and w- without knowing, without having a confidence and knowledge of those things, it's really hard to know if you are being, if you're doing a good, uh, good work as a product manager, let alone without yet having the product manager knowledge. But to offer a constructive answer, because <laughs> I'm aware the answer of just like, oh, you don't know isn't so helpful to people probably. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that it really helps to focus on kind of like your learning so if you can see that you're learning and you know what you're learning like if you meet a product manager in their first six months and you say to them uh, what have you learned in the last month in the last three months you can probably learn a lot from those answers right so If you are in your first few months as a product manager and you can't really recall or understand anything deep that you've been learning in the past few months and you don't feel like you're on this continuing process of learning, then something's probably wrong. Mm.
1: And by learning, you mean learning about your users and your product?
2: So actually, yeah, very, very interesting point. I kind of mean both. So both uh, learning about your users, so learning in terms of discovery. Um, so yeah, your users, your product, how it all works and so on. And mm-hmm. also learning about yourself and how to do product management. Really you want to be seeing both. As a as a young product manager, you're you're not just learning in both areas, but you're able to actually say concretely, these are the things that I've learned.
0: Is that something as you're as you're coaching people, is that something you're asking them to pay attention to, you know, uh, we, when we get a better understanding and we're dealing with uh, uh, looking at the metrics of our product, it's very easy to look at the lagging metrics. It's, it's much harder. It's a more advanced skill to look at leading metrics. So is that yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. things that you'd, you'd advise someone to say, this is kind of the leading metric of, of you doing well is that you can articulate the things that you're, that you're learning.
2: Very much so. Yeah. And it's kind of a, uh... in in itself it's kind of like a communication uh self-reflection skill Mm. this in fact also relates to i talk a lot about the idea of conflict and that you need to be able to see conflict to describe it and then to come up with a strategy of how to resolve it do something about it and all of this is like being able to put a language to what's going on around you before you have like the detailed facts as it were
1: and I just have one more question. So, and it's a kind of, it's a nice rappy yuppie question. <laughs> cool. So Randy, did you want
0: to? Actually, yeah. Well, I've got one other one. Um, so let me, let's just throw it in there. Um, so if I'm looking for that first job, is it better to hold off and try and get the product manager job? Or is it better to just get into a company and then try and move over into the role? Kind of like the way you did in your first
2: role. Really good question. I don't know how confident I am in this answer, but I'm inclined to say it's better to get in somewhere, um, get the experience of being in a role, be somewhere where you're learning, and then work step by step from there.
1: I would be inclined to agree as well <laughs> and in your in your coaching, what's the most common mistake you see um, product managers making over and over again and and what's your advice to people for? not making that mistake
2: Hmm. can i give two answers absolutely (laughs) so the first is like the popular and probably true well a popular and true answer to this question is speak to your customers so many people aren't doing this it's a very simple thing to start with um we should all speak to our customers Mm -hmm. right Um, but another thing i see people struggling with a lot And being unable to admit that they're struggling with is time management. Mm. This is like a universal thing. Some very experienced product managers who are constantly just being pulled from meeting to meeting and they don't really have command of their schedule. And to me, on a base level, if you're trying to coach someone and they don't have command of their schedule, then they don't have command of their learning. They also don't have command of their product. So. If somehow in your job, you're supposed to be managing the time of other people and you're not even managing your own yet, this is a real problem. So very often, if I pick up early on that someone is very busy and maybe for many reasons that aren't so much their fault, then the thing we focus on first is how can you look after your time more? How can you be more intentional with it? Yeah, it's a very good tip. Yeah, super important, I think. Super important.
1: So where do you get people to start with, um, with that? Because it is, I mean, it is a huge problem for so many product people. Yeah.
2: So there are two exercises I quite like doing. Um, one, um, which I picked up a while ago from, I, I can't remember where it was, but uh, there was a nice blog post on this. It's basically like an exercise where you draw a big pie chart and you ask someone to break up the pie chart in terms of the exercises, in terms of what things they're doing in their day-to-day work. And then you help talk them through which things they want to reduce in time and where they want to spend more time. This is good for people that are not so confident, particularly if they're a very junior level uh, product manager. This is a good activity. Also, you can use that to introduce concepts of maybe you should be doing this kind of activity you haven't thought of and, and so on. Um, so that's that's a good activity there. Um, but for people who are slightly more advanced um, or have a bit more confidence, the thing I like to recommend is actually that they have uh, a regular booked meeting with themselves to set their own priorities and intentions. And this is based off uh, an article that I read about um, the VP of Product at Facebook. I think she's now actually the head of Facebook app or something like that. Um, And apparently in her teams, she was really known for juggling priorities and managing all these crazy things going on and somehow staying focused amongst that. Um, And in this interview in the article, she describes, or they describe a a process where you book in this meeting with yourself. So put in 30 minutes in the calendar once a week, probably Monday morning is a good time for it. And in those 30 minutes, you sit down, you list the five top uh, priorities of the organization at the moment, you list your five top priorities of the organization, and then you look at your to-do list and your calendar, and you try and make them match the priorities, And that means putting to do's into future weeks. That means going to calendar appointments and making new ones where you need them or saying no to ones that you've already said yes to if they don't match your priorities. Um, so very often I'm saying to people, get this meeting in, spend a bit of time deliberately with yourself to have intention and to think about what you think, uh, where you think you should be spending your time and be willing to say no and make a habit of this. Do it once a week, even if it ends up being much shorter just make it a habit, a simple thing that you are always doing to really consider if you're spending your time the right way and, and saying no when you're not.
0: Sean, that's a great place to end this. Thank you very much <laughs> for coming on today. Sure. Uh, we don't want to keep you any longer so that you have time to schedule your own meeting with yourself. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, this was this was really nice.
1: Thanks, Sean. Cheers. So some really interesting perspective there from Sean. It's always great to hear from people who coach other product people and they get to find out all of the things that people are struggling with and how to improve their product practice generally.
0: I couldn't have said it better myself, so I won't. Like us, review us, rate us, all the fun things, and we'll see you next week.
1: Our hosts, Are me, Lily Smith, and...
0: Me, Randy Silver.
1: Emily Tate is our producer, and Luke Smith is our editor.
0: Our theme music is from Hamburg-based band PAU, that's P-A-U. Thanks to Arne Kittler, who runs Product Tank and MTP Engage in Hamburg, and plays bass in the band for letting us use their music. Connect with your local product community via Product Tank, our regular free meetups in over 200 cities worldwide.
1: If there's not one near you, you can consider starting one yourself. To find out more, go to mindtheproduct.com forward slash product tank.
0: Product tank is a global community of meetups driven by and for product people. We offer expert talks, group discussion, and a safe environment for product people to come together and share grinnings and tips.